Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. This is the Future Tech Podcast. I'm Alan Thomas, and today I have Aman Sagai with me, founder and CEO of Datazar. How you doing, Aman? Good, good. Uh, thank you for having me. Oh, no problem. Uh, so tell us about Datazar. What, what does the company do? Yeah, uh, so Datazar is a research collaboration platform, uh, which means we allow researchers to upload their data, analyze it together, and uh, build out their paper um, using the, the platform um, and using the open source tools that we uh, that we provide through our platform, a web and a desktop. And um, our goal is to uh, make research available to everyone. So all the research that's created, uh, given that it's public, is available to everyone to, for everyone to read and replicate, and uh, basically embodying the the scientific process in a uh, in a web platform. Okay, and and tell us why why it's important to have a service like this. Like, what void is being filled here? Yeah, so um, I can probably start with uh, with the background of um, how it all go, how it all got started, and I think that explains uh, pretty well um, like the reasoning behind it. So um, I started Dazar when I was in college. I went to the University of Cincinnati. Uh, I was studying physics at the time. I think this was around uh, April of 2015, and um, basically I loved uh, sharing data. I still do. I loved collecting data. Uh, recording um, uh, data about myself or anything that uh, that interested me, and then uh, finally sharing that out to the world. And um, one day, I basically, you know, thought, you know, I love sharing data, and every time I share data, I don't really know what's happening with it. And so, I I wanted to uh, to give people the ability to share data and then receive what was actually done with the data. So if it was used as part of a study, um, I would love to see it, and that would encourage me more to basically give out more data. And so uh, it was basically a weekend hack at that point. Um, and afterwards, um, as I continued to, uh, my research um, at the university, I, I saw that there was an actual problem of how research was um, you know, conducted. The processes were very outdated. And so um, that kind of led me to, to keep developing the, the platform, which wasn't even called Datazer at that point. It didn't even have a name. But um, I kept developing that. And... Um, as we used it in you know in my classroom with uh, with my students, um, I was a TA at that, at that point. Uh, I used it with my classmates as well for my classes. And after that, it just became super apparent that um, this is something that can be uh, viable commercially. And so that I left school at that point and um, basically took it full time. And so it's very important um, uh, to have something like this because the very foundation of the scientific process is very open. Uh, you know, since the beginning of um, of the uh, of the whole thing, people were sharing uh, you know um, their findings through letters, um, uh, through uh, through um, uh, public forums, to, uh, through lectures, and everybody was participating in the discovery process. And so it was very very important uh, to uh, to nurture that. And so um, that looked different back then. Uh, at that point, uh, lectures were pretty common, or letters. And at this point, the web is the most common form for the general public and so implementing that in um in this new process uh, is very important to uh to the to basically the well-being of the, the scientific process and so so far what we allow to do is we encourage people to upload their data and their research and to basically take people through the general public whoever's uh, uh following their research to basically uh take them along the entire experience and uh, and finally publishing it and so 
everyone kind of participates, whether it is directly through the research or just reading the research. And um, and so where we're at right now basically is uh, we allow people to first upload their data, whether it is through the API or directly through you know just simple CSV flat files. And then we allow them to analyze it using um, programs like R, Python, and uh, analyze and uh, visualize it with um, uh, programs like um, D3 or libraries like D3, which is a JavaScript library. And uh, we do so uh, by giving out uh, computation power from our servers. So instead of people using their uh, their computers to do so, they use our servers, which means even people who have uh, Chromebooks can start doing analysis, which is uh, Chromebooks are very dominant in the uh, in academia, and so giving access to uh, to people who who have those uh, systems is also very important. And so it kind of uh, democratizes the the, uh, the computational capabilities that come with these programs. And um, uh, other than that, we just actually released uh, yesterday something called Data's Our Paper, which is um, a way for you to. Uh, um, kind of combine everything you did on Dazar, whether it is the analysis, you know, the notes you have, and build out a scientific paper uh, using the technology released uh, yesterday. And what that does is, uh, as we move away from static papers, uh, you know, images and texts, um, and we go through, you know, videos, uh, because our ideas are getting so complex today, uh, we need more than um, charts and, uh, and text to explain them. And so, what we developed basically allows people to build out interactive papers that people can can read. And uh, you know, if you wanted to change the charts to see, chart to see different uh, different data points, you can do that. And so it kind of helps you um, increase the the understanding of the platform or the sorry the research. So it's definitely much more of a living document in the sense of it being interactive now. Exactly. So yeah. So before you know you you only could read whatever the the researcher put out there, and because of some standards of how research papers are written, you can only put out so much data and and um, and charts and whatever it is, or images, but now you can actually put on videos explaining it or even interactive, um, uh, not only charts, but even uh, diagrams or how things work. And you can you can do, I mean, uh, uh, browsers have, got, have gone so advanced that now they can support, you know, uh, thousands of data, data points uh, being visualized. And so taking advantage of that uh, innovation uh, uh, has been like a, a goal for us. And um, not only the paper, but also the analysis and all the data that's behind it is also linked to the paper itself. So if people wanted to see the more expanded view of the paper, they can go directly to the analysis, uh, replicate it themselves, um, see if it's uh, if it's doing what it actually says. And so, you know, have this very, very transparent process uh, where everyone can participate. And so if I'm looking to to use the platform for my next project and, and you know, I, I run across you guys, how do I get started? What do I do day one in order to begin using all these features? Yeah, so it's actually uh, very easy to get started. We provide uh, pretty much everything on the platform for free for anyone, unless you're uh, you're doing some massive, uh, you're analyzing massive data sets, you know, something like two gigabytes. Then, um, then, then we start charging. Uh, but uh, everything is free, so only thing you need to do is go to datazar.com sign up for an account, and then create a project. Um, we organize things into projects and so that you know there's no files flying around uh, out of context. And so you uh, create a file, and then you start by uploading your data. Or um, if you don't have any data, you can go through other uh, projects uh, on the Explore page and replicate them, and so you can actually use their data directly without having to download or upload anything. And they'll be able to see exactly who's replicating the project, so they can kind of follow what research is being consumed more than the others. And so once you do that, you can create whatever you're comfortable with, whether it's our notebooks, what we call notebooks, which means um, you can actually break up the code in different parts and uh, and analyze it instead of you know writing massive scripts or 
uh, or anything like that. And then we have consoles, uh, which are basically very familiar to uh, to people who got um, comfortable uh, or very comfortable with uh, using terminals on their computers. And so very similar, um, both uh, provided through the through the browser. And we're going to be releasing our desktop application pretty soon in a month or so. And that basically gives you the ability uh, to analyze everything on your desktop, but still using our servers. So it's kind of a very focused view of the um, of the web platform. And um, everything you do exact on the desktop also on the desktop application also goes into the the web platform. So you don't have to worry about exporting anything. Um, but yeah, so it's it's as easy as going to Deezer.com and creating an account. Okay, great. And what kind of feedback have you gotten so far from from the users in terms of? The, the the big differences that they're getting now versus how they would have how they used to work. Yeah, so that's actually a very interesting question. It's um so just to unpack that a little bit, everything we've basically developed in the last year or year and a half will, came directly from feedback from our users. You know, we're a very very community oriented company, and so we listen very closely to our users. You know, we talk to them uh, almost every day. Uh, different, uh, we have uh, we have what we call a community board, which is a, a group of users who kind of oversee the feedback and. Uh, and um, they basically interact with the larger user group. And so we take all that feedback and we look into it. And majority of the feedback we've gotten uh, and what we've implemented actually is uh, on the on the user experience itself, which is kind of surprising because the technology part, we've basically figured out um, extremely fast from the get-go because that's where we started. And my background is in, um, is in development. And so that we figured out pretty quickly. But the, the, the design part and the interaction part was very key because... You're dealing with people from different backgrounds uh, in terms of, you know, some of them are coming from physics, some of them are coming from math, some of them used Python, some of them used R. And so the the question was, how do you make the platform comfortable enough for anyone to use on day one? And so a lot of the feedback came from, you know, you need to do this, you need to remove this. And so we worked a lot with uh, with, uh, with our users. And so that was one. And then the second one was um, just... Uh, general messaging. How do you explain to people what what's happening? Because what we're doing is a very very long term process. Uh, we don't expect you know to, for people to start doing uh, for you know millions of people to start doing this you know tomorrow. So it's a very long process because what people are currently doing right now has been around for years for you know for decades at this point, and so it's very hard to change. And so um, we do you know we 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 work as hard as possible to uh, to make those people comfortable at the same time push it a little bit further. And so one example of that is um, our paper is live and interactive, and you know that's what we want people to do at the end of the day. But at the same time, we provide technologies like LaTeX and Markdown for people to to do what they're already doing right now, so they, we can make the transition easier. And so that's been the key. Um, it's a common mistake to basically develop something new and you know forget about everyone and expect everyone to start using your new product immediately. But you still have to provide the transition, which is very important. And what we what we learned basically over the last year. And having all these people with all these different backgrounds giving you feedback and then your own team, you know, what are some of the challenges that you had to overcome in order to bring Datazar to this point? Yeah, so uh, the, I guess the most important thing is uh, you have to say no at some point. You know, you can't, you can't really implement everything that comes in both internally and externally. And so uh, that was, that's very important to kind of uh, to frame um, and uh another thing is to basically stand by some of the you know some of the convictions we have and so uh we there's you know that we have certain beliefs of how we develop the product or where we want it to go and you know there's always easy fixes and easy ways to go about certain things but you know we've always made sure we want to stick to the vision that we that we laid out when we first started 
And so that's very always that's always hard to do, um, especially if it's something that's completely changing how things are done. And so you're automatically at a point where you uh, you you know seem very wrong. And so you always have to keep pursuing th uh, ways to make that uh, a reality. So that's one. Another thing is, I mean, starting something from scratch uh, obviously is uh, is extremely hard. And so um, listening to you know to entrepreneurs who came before us. Uh, making sure that we listen closely and making sure that we are um, that uh, we're testing our beliefs and we're um, and we're being uh, you know we're being pushed uh, both internally and externally you know from our advisors from previous uh, entrepreneurs that came before us or even our users most importantly and so um, it's always a um, it's always a kind of like a push pull uh, journey uh, but it's uh, I mean that's what got us this far and and you kind of already mentioned this but when people come to you with maybe extra ideas about what they would want to do to the platform or, or things they'd want to see, maybe things that seem a little too ambitious for today or this year. Is there a standard framework for what to do with those ideas? Do you tuck them away in a vault somewhere to get back to it a certain date? Or do you just kind of, well, I completely put this out of my head for right now. Yeah. So um, one of the advantages of being a small team is that um, we are very flexible on how we implement new ideas. And so sometimes we'll get feedback and we'll implement it overnight. Um, and so, you know, we'll, we'll put everything aside and we make sure that that's working uh, because some, some, even if they're small things, some things are just very crucial and you can't put them away, but there's some of them that, you know, are extremely ambitious. You know, there's some things that we want to do five, 10 years from now. And um, we really divide them into two parts. Some of them, even if they're long-term plans, we make sure that we can achieve those. And so, um, we start implementing things and new ideas now so we don't have to do it later. And some things are just so ambitious that we have to, we can't even, um, we don't even have either the resources or even like the, the time or or if it's not even really, it doesn't even make sense to do it now. So we kind of tuck them away. But there's there's things that we wrote what we wanted to do, you know, say for example, this is our paper was an idea that we had from day one. And so we kind of tucked that away and said, you know, before we even get to that paper, we have to make sure that everything else works around it the building blocks of that paper are, you know, or the analysis, the, the the storage data engine, you know, the scripts, the visualizations. Before any of these uh, come into play, we can't really do anything with the paper. So we kind of tucked that away. And we tried different experiments with that. You know, we did that once. We wrote an um, uh, interactive paper, you know, using code. We let people use code like JavaScript to write it. And then once, even before that, we wrote our own language so that people can uh, understand it easily. But Again, timing was key, and so we kind of tucked that away and said, "Let's wait until we have everything figured out." So that's that's probably the most important thing is timing, uh, really, in anything, whether it's launching or new ideas or or anything. It's never it's never right. Uh, you're either too late or too early. But uh, I I personally believe it's it's better to be early, a little bit at least. And so, in thinking about a lot of the a lot of the things that you've had to kind of pull together to get Datazar just to where it is now, what are some of the I guess main achievements that come to mind or big wins that come to mind along the way at this point. Yeah. So, um the biggest thing is so we so through that uh through that journey uh when I talked about it earlier. Um so we raised um capital from uh, uh, from uh, we're based in Cincinnati and we raised capital from uh, um, an accelerator called the Brandery. Uh they were super early supporters and um and uh, you know they helped us launch the first version of the product. And then after that, uh, last year we uh, we raised funds from a, um, a VC firm in London called Emerge Education. They focus on uh, educational products, and uh, we raised capital from them. And we're actually about to start fundraising again uh, later this summer. Um, but um, 
getting those, uh, having that support was very crucial to us. And um, above that, we also secured some uh, pretty big customers, for example, Scripps, uh, the UW Scripps company in Cincinnati, um, University of Dayton and Dayton. And uh, so these, making sure that, you know, we're doing everything we can to uh, to uh, to keep going with these customers is also, uh, is also key to us. And so getting those customers was a huge win for us. Um, given that we, you know, we're a super, a super small team, and also um, having the continued support of our of our users, you know, there's some users who have been around with us since day one, you know, and they still make sure that you know we're we're on the path, and they still make sure uh, that we um, that we want to get that where we want to get, you know, we have mutual beliefs that we we want to get to, and so that's been key, um, uh, and so we always make sure to you know to get those uh, to get those users to, to where they want to be with the product. Um, so I mean, I guess the biggest one is making sure, or has been, you know, being consistent with our users and making sure we don't let them down. Okay. And for the company itself, what is what do you what does your roadmap look like the next twelve to twenty four months? What can we expect to see? Yeah. So we're um, we're going to be releasing a couple of things. We're releasing our enterprise product next month, which is basically everything we have to offer in a in a separate server for uh, for big companies. Um, so we uh, we. We sell to uh, media companies. Um, we're going through uh, to our uh, financial sector now this summer in, in Europe, and so uh, we're going to be launching that product pretty soon. Um, it's, uh, it has a couple more features uh, above the above the cloud, uh, public public cloud that we offer, like GPU accelerated computation and um, and a couple other uh, other features we haven't released yet. And then we're also going to be releasing our mobile app, which means people are going to be able to read. The papers that are written and produced on data are on their mobile phones, and so they can interact with the papers, uh, you know, while they're you know on their commute or when they're you know sitting on a on a Sunday afternoon. And so we want to make sure that the the papers and you know the the, the content is being consumed and it can reach as far as possible. So mobile again is uh, one of the biggest breakthroughs. Breakthroughs. So it's uh, it's going to be key to get it on there. Um, another thing is, uh, of course, like I mentioned, we're going to be fundraising and this uh, this later this summer. So that's one uh, something on uh, on the roadmap as well, and then uh, obviously that means um, uh, expanding the team, and so really looking forward to that. And, and for a project like this, where it's something that's never been done before, how do you establish criteria for finding team members? Even how do you figure out how to do that? Yeah, so uh, that's actually very very hard. That's probably the hardest problem, right? Um, it's it's you you have to go f- for people uh, who have um, the the same convictions and the same beliefs as you, uh, because um, that's basically the most important part. Um, when you like you said, when you're doing something that's never been done before, um, you're already starting at a disadvantage because um, you don't have any anything to kind of uh, rely on or say. You know, it's been done here, so we're just replicating it. And so, getting people who have very strong beliefs and the same beliefs as you is key. And so, it's not really more about talent. Obviously, that that's something that has to be. Um, you know, set, but the beliefs and the convictions are the most important thing. Okay. And in terms of, I guess, final thoughts for our listeners, what's the big why in terms of why they should come to Datazar and, and start to use the platform? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, so, you know, if you believe uh, science should be available to everyone, if you believe science should be easily accessible and it should be preserved and uh, it should tell a story where, um, you know, Anyone can go, uh, regardless of their, you know, of where they are, their background, their, uh, you know, what, you know, what kind of computer they have, anything like that. You know, it should be accessible to everyone. So if you believe that, that's that's data is definitely where you should be. Um, and again, um, 
science has been something that's been around for so long, and we need to basically keep um, keep pursuing its uh, its future and where how it should be done. And um, the 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 mediums change from time to time. You know, they go from letters to lectures. You know, now we have web, and so making sure we're keeping up with the times as well is, is going to be super important. So, what's the best method of contact for getting in touch with with you and the company and just getting more involved with Datazar? Yeah, so you can um, you can email me at aman a m a n at datazar dot com. Uh, you can tweet at us at datazar hq, um, or you can swing by our office. Uh, we are at um, Union Hall, Cincinnati, on thirteen uh, eleven Vine Street. Uh, there should be someone there to greet you. <laughs> We're always there, and so uh, feel free to come by. Uh, give me an uh, shoot me an email or uh, tweet at us. Okay, great. Well, I, I want to thank you, Ramon, for coming on and and telling us all about Datazar and why we should use it and seek it out. And just thank you for your time. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.